We are told in Paul's letter to the Ephesian church that he gave some as prophets, some as apostles, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. We have done a pretty decent job on settling in getting pastors in the church and teachers. We have done fairly decent on evangelistic ministry as far as the fivefold. And there is quite a bit of apostolic work that goes on in the world. But it seems that we haven't done too well with the prophetic office. I think there are several places in scripture that it's there's some sad, sad words. And I think one of those is in in the first Samuel chapter three. It says, Now before Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and visions were infrequent. Now, I won't go into the day of Pentecost, what was said, but you, I'm sure that you have some background there, and you know that in that outpouring of the Spirit, the heavens were opened, and <clears throat> the fivefold ministry and its development began to develop the church. I can't imagine, I can't imagine what it's like to not hear from God. Jesus said, my sheep hear, hear my voice, they follow me. I, I find it quite difficult to understand a person that would say that they follow Jesus as the Lord and Savior, but yet can't hear his voice. But let me let me say this to you very confidently. The prophetic word is being spoken to the church. Very loudly, very clear. It's not hard to hear. I want to speak to you tonight a little bit about some of the prophetic words that are spoken. Each year before uh, on the, you know, we're, we're not on the biblical spiritual calendar, we're on the worldly calendar. So <clears throat> it's easy to function that way because God functions with it. He doesn't, he doesn't have a problem with it. But each year, I get before God to hear his voice. For all of November and December, there are there are prophetic voices that I that I listen, I read their stuff, I listen to what they have to say. And I intentionally during those two months stay away from anything from them. And I do it not as an as a as some action of disrespect, but I want to make sure 
that what I hear from God is not me regurgitating what they have heard from God. I find it quite interesting. This has been going on with me now for quite a few years. And after God speaks to me and speaks to me about the coming year, then I will begin to read several of the people. I do not I do not have a large group of people that I listen to because you can get somewhat confused, not saying that they're wrong, but I'm just saying that if you're over, if you hear too much, sometimes it's hard to get a lot of process straight. So I go to about four or five that I listen to, and I see what God is saying to them and how it matches with what he's saying to me. I'm always amazed at how God can speak to four or five men that do not live, do not have any, you know, I don't have any personal contact with these people, but how everything just folds together. So I think it's important that I stir you tonight that it's time for you to begin to hear the prophetic voice of God. It doesn't contradict the word. In fact, it is it is a, it is a, it is an asset to the word. It benefits what God is saying in His word. In fact, I will tell you, there's a simple guideline that you can judge a prophecy by. If it doesn't line up with the book, then throw it away. But if it lines up with the book, make sure that you pay attention. In December, God spoke to me about this year. And he said that, that this was going to be a year. But he gave me two words. That's all he gave me to start with. He gave me the word bitter. And he gave me the word sweet. And that's all I had for several weeks. And so, you know, you know how we are. The, the human factor gets in. So I thought, nothing's coming to me. All I've got is two words. And then God began, you know, so I thought, well, I'll look up the definition of bitter and sweet. Still nothing from God. Then God began to speak to me, and he said, this is going to be a year that there is going to be at the same time you understand the prophetic word is for his people. He said there's going to be bitterness, but at the same time sweetness. There are some who have, who have decided not to pursue God with all their heart. They've gotten lazy. I trust that none of you all are that, that, in that category. But he said there will be some bitter times. But for those who have given themselves to me and pursued me and have diligently sought me in the word and, and to be obedient to me, that this will be one of the sweetest years that they've ever experienced. Hmm. Now that's what God spoke to me. Now, God spoke to two, another fellow, and uh, 
He spoke about the year 2023, and he said, in, in the midst, I didn't, I'm not going to give you the whole prophetic word that he gave, but he said that there are going to be lots of changes. Enormous amounts of changing is going to happen. I believe I'm on safe ground to say this. You and I don't like changes. We may get very comfortable in our lifestyle. We get very comfortable with things we do. We get comfortable with, with our schedules and our patterns. And, and it just gets so comfortable. I'll guarantee you that half of you in this sanctuary tonight are sitting in the same area that you sit in all the time. You know why? Because you're comfortable there. You're comfortable there. I don't criticize you for that. You know? I do the same thing. I like to sit more on the front because I don't like to be disturbed by people doing things around me. I'm not comfortable with that. Changes. Did you hear the words? Lots of changes. Enormous changes. That same person gave a word for, for, for the, the previous year. And that previous year, he gave four words. Correction, direction, protection, perfection. All of, all of the previous year, I wrote those down. Now understand something about prophetic words. It is critical that you just keep them where you can you can stir them up all the time. I carry them with me all the time. All the time. I pull them out and I read them. We have a tendency sometimes to become forgetful. You know, it's not good to become forgetful of things that God's doing. Because if we get forgetful, we can absolutely miss what he is doing. See, I analyzed that, that, that word, that word sweetness. I prayed over it. God is getting ready to do some great things. Some of you sitting here tonight are going to hear God's voice like you've never heard in this coming year. Some of you, when you hear it, it's going to scare you. Because you're going to hear some things like you've never heard before. And the first thing you're going to think, oh God, I can't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm not that equipped. I don't know how to do that. But you know, the Bible is loaded with people that God spoke to and gave them things to do that they were not equipped to do. But as they yielded to God, he began to teach and to train and to guide and give them direction. Marvelous things happened. Marvelous things will happen with you. 
if you're just you. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid at the size of the, of the word and, and the enormous of the word and the magnitude of the word because God's going to be changing you anyway so you can do it. So enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Because it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a real good one. Now, this word change, you know, let me tie this word, another word to it that also came to preach. Correction. I won't ask you to respond, but is there anyone in the room, just, you know, you spiritually raise your hand, that you like correction. I had the privilege of serving a five-year apprenticeship. I served four and a half years of that with the same man. He had the most unusual philosophy. Now, we worked together every day. Every day. And he taught me his philosophy. It was, you're going to do it my way or else. That was hard on me to start out. It took me that four and a half years to, to, to really flow, begin to flow with that. But I understand something. He, I don't know if he was a Christian or not, because I wasn't a Christian at the time. But I, I would say this. That's exactly the way Jesus does it. You know, there was a time that Jesus was traveling along and he was going, you know, he, didn't, he wanted to take the shortest route, and the shortest route was, was right through Samaria. Orthodox Jews didn't go through Samaria. But he said, we're going to. It caused, I'm sure it caused a little bit of uncomfortableness in those disciples. But they went through Samaria. Because Jesus said, you do it my way. Now, as he's been speaking, there's going to be some correction. You know, I want to give you, I want to give you a, a good a good report here. God spoke to me several years ago and said, Son, I'm getting ready to have a revival. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to begin to bring back into the house. I'm going to begin to bring back into the house those that have backslidden. I'm going, to, I'm going to bring back alive those who have gone, gotten cold, lukewarm. I'm going to reach out to some who have never had the opportunity and bring them in. And this is what he said, you need to get ready. Because those people are going to need to be disciples. See, it's time that all believers realize they have a responsibility to equip themselves so they can disciple new believers and people that, that didn't know what they were doing and now need to get on the right path. 
There's a Paul sort of identified, I mean John identified. I'd like you to turn me because if you have your Bible, and surely you do. I'd like you to turn to John's first epistle. This is what John, this was, this was, this the problem identified is right here. In John's epistle, the first epistle, the second chapter, the 15th verse, he said, Do not love the world, nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now what he's saying there, if anyone begins to get to fall in love, it begins to dampen and affect their love for the Father. For all that is in the world, now listen, the lust of the eye of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, it's from the world. It's from the world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. That's a problem. It's a problem. If those things are allowed to control a person, it makes the job of correction very, very difficult. Because the lust of the flesh will always, it will always feed pride. And in, in this word correction that we were looking at, one of the things we need to understand, correction basically says what you're doing is not right. You're not doing it right. It needs to be fixed. It needs to be fixed. Now Paul gave us some insight into the situation. In uh, 1 Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 6 <clears throat> Paul says verse 12 all things are lawful to me but not all things are profitable all things are lawful to me but I will not be mastered by anything <clears throat> sorry I don't have another translation but the New Living Translation it's such a good translation of that. If you happen to be reading it after we're done, share it with someone because it, it reads so strong. Paul says there's a lot of things that, that can happen out there, but I do not, I realize that they will affect me in a negative way. So it's not that I should do it. <clears throat> it will bring me down. There, there is, I can confidently tell you that there are probably some things that are hindering you right now. Now, they're not the Hollywood sins. They're just some things that are going on in your life that to you is a hindrance. That might not be a hindrance to me or the person sitting next to you. But to you, it's a hindrance. And when you really get serious about this, 
God will reveal it to you. It may even seem to be so, so insignificant that your, your mind is trying to process it and, and say, how can that be affecting me so negatively? You've just got to trust the Holy Spirit. That it is. I've had this personally happen to me. And he even, he's even told me. He said, now when you share these things with people, you make sure that you tell them, this is not a sin to you. It's just for you. Look what you're doing. Look what you're doing. See, we're called to run a race. And it's not a sprint. But it's a, it's a marathon. And in a marathon, you keep running. You keep running. I never could get into long-distance running. I didn't like it. But I found out that in this spiritual life, I had to get involved in the marathon race. Now, Paul also gives us some insight in the situation. Just a couple of chapters over in Ephesians 9. Verse 27. He said, I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified. That's the great apostle that's talking there. That's Paul of Tarsus. The one that has written more of the New Testament than anybody else. The man that established churches in Asia Minor. Affected Rome. Affected Israel. Syria. And he is the man that said, I have a fearful thing here. And in order to make sure I do not get disqualified from being benefiting everything that this covenant I have with God has provided for me, I paid the one more translation. He said, I buffet my life. If you look that up in the Greek, what it means, he said, I give my, my body a black eye. And up, can you imagine punching yourself in the eyes? But he said, I, I, I make sure my body, my flesh, does not run just rampant, doing what it wants to do. <clears throat> I look around. There are not many of you in here my age. So take my word for it. That your body, your flesh is always looking for an opportunity to do its own thing. Always. It'll get lazy on you. It'll get rebellious on you. It'll decide, it'll decide it doesn't want to do certain things a certain way anymore. 
In fact, your body will try to convince you that you're doing things that really you don't need to be doing. Just do, you know, hang out there, do your own thing. Paul said, I'd be careful. Because the real day, the, the real sadness that, 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 that is spoken here is he said, this lifestyle can disqualify me from all the things I've been preaching to you about. And I don't want that. I don't want that. So, he didn't, you know, he looked at this and he gave us some insight now. Now let me tell you something about changes. Changes begin in the mind with thinking. With thinking. I have been the uh, pastor of the same church for 45 years. And I've had more people come to me about this one issue. Come in and, and say, either Ernie or Pastor, or how they address me. <clears throat> I'm struggling with thoughts I don't want to have. Might be a couple of you in here that's had that same problem. Thoughts I don't want to have. Well, there's a simple solution. The first thing is just fill yourself with the Word of God. Just fill yourself with it. Fill yourself. Speak it out of your mouth. Speak it out of your mouth. Decree it. We're told, we're told in Job that if you decree a thing, it will be. So you, you decree. I heard one man make a statement. He said, you know, he said, thoughts are like birds. He said, you can't stop them from flying over. Just don't let them land. So when those thoughts come, so one of the things that happens with changing is a changing of thinking. Change your thinking. When wrong thoughts come, take authority. Begin to decree out of your mouth who you are. Do you know who you are? Let me help you along maybe just a little bit here. This is who I am. My name is Ernie. I'm born again by the shed blood of Jesus. All the sin has been paid for in my life. We sang some fabulous songs about this this morning, or this evening. I've been bought with a price. I belong to Him. I've been raised up to new life in Him. In fact, I've been raised up and I'm seated with Him in heavenly places. Far above all powers and principalities and any other power or influence that tries to operate in the world. Satan has no place in me. He cannot touch me. He can't, he can't do anything at all to me because I am shielded by the blood of Jesus. I have the armor of God and I'm capable of standing. 
And I had this wonderful shield of faith that quenches all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Are you beginning to see how you battle wrong thinking? The key to fixing wrong thinking is just get the thinking right. Changes everything. And the main thing, it's the first, it's the first step in changing your heart. Now, your heart begins to get changed. We're talking about changes here. We're talking about changes. So we get this thinking straightened out, and it leads to the heart ultimately leading to behavior changes. I've run into more people over these last 45 years that are mad at themselves. Because, as Paul said, sometimes I do what I don't want to do, and you know, he wrestles with that. And I haven't met a Christian yet that, that hasn't done that. Done something and almost immediately frustrated and aggravated himself. Why did I do that? Why did I say that? I know I shouldn't have done that. That's a good thing that you're thinking that way, though. Because you know that you're on the path to behavioral changes. Behavioral changes are necessary. And that's what God's talking about. See, this year, God wants no one of his children to have a bitter year. He doesn't. He wants everyone to have a sweet year. A sweet year. I would like to uh, I'd like to show you a scripture in Deuteronomy. Now, let me, let me help you here. Most people think if you get into Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, you're under the law. This is not the law. This is not the law. Look what God says in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 11, verse 26. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you, which I command you today. And the curse if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I am commanding you today by following other gods which you have not known. Really interesting. In, in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, it says, I call heaven and earth witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. And he gives us instruction. He says, so choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. Remember, I told you about, about community. All the promises are tied up in this covenant. Uh, when, when, when we walk in this type of obedience, when we, when we change, when we change, listen to the change that God is speaking to us, and we make these kind of life decisions, 
over the years, I've done a lot of study on decision making, and one of the things that I've come to the conclusion is correct decision making is a learned process. It's a learned process. You have to learn how to make good decisions. Sometimes I, I, I find myself in a situation that there's something that I really, really want, or I really, really want to do, but, but I realize that it, it's not advantageous to me. And I've learned to, to say no in those situations. One of the greatest, one of the greatest traits you can develop is the ability to say no. You need Now, back up to the four words in the word direction. Direction, this is getting us involved in the kingdom of God actively and seeing results. I, I would like to share some stuff about the kingdom of God, but the last time that I got involved in it, it took me 50 weeks. And I've been guilty of preaching too long anyway, according to the wife. And according to Bill. <coughs> and according to a few other people. In fact, some of you have heard it. You know. Well, it is a fact that God has a direction. I wish that I could lay hands on each one of you and immediately you would get in going and moving in the exact direction that God wants you to move in. Understand something. The highest form of success, the highest form of blessing is going to be discovered when you and I are doing exactly what God wants us to do. Exactly. Exactly. A couple of years ago, God spoke to me, and He gave me a little. He gave me a little saying for me. I say this all the time. God, your plans heard by my ears. Absolutely. Flooding, controlling my heart, worked out through my hands and my feet to serve you. All the time. I say this all the time. I tell this to people all the time. I want to make sure that it stays constantly before my eyes. Because God's direction is what I want. God's direction is what He wants. Sometimes get your concordance or your computer, you can look at and, and look look in the, in the scripture that God speaks about us not stumbling. God doesn't want us stumbling through life. 
He wants us, he wants us to move fluidly. He wants us to us move strongly. He wants us to move with directionally. Do what he wants. God wants to bless us more than I think we than we really want to be blessed. And I tell you what, I really like to be blessed. Now, see, direction is going in the right direction. It's what we need to do. Once direction is fixed, Father can and will watch over you. Remember, He said something in it to that man that He would protect us. He would protect us. We we don't have time to do it because I'll get all I'll chase a rabbit if I do it. But I want you to go back and and get you two or three different translations or you know whatever and turn to Psalm ninety one. And read all the promises in there. Read all the promises. You know, one of the promises that's there is that no plague will come near your home. No plague will come near your home. What about speaking that over yourself every day? No plague will come near your home. No plague will come near your home. There's no place in, in this home for a plague. I recently had COVID. I had to go to Philadelphia to get it. Couldn't come in my house. So I go to Philadelphia to get it. You know how long it lasted? A few days. As soon as I came home, I got well. As soon as I came home, I got well. Because the plague can't come near my house. This is nothing to be played with. This is serious business. I want you to understand this. Satan has an objective and it's to kill you. I don't know how many exact, but right as of as of right now, three pastors have gotten COVID and Lexington and died. That I know of. Might be more. That's just what I haven't They shouldn't have. Because no plague should have come near their dwelling. Promises in the word. And those men took communion. They had the right to be healed. I got over two days. Two days. Now, I couldn't go out of the house, which, whew, that drove me up the wall. Because they said, you can't go out of your house, you got to stay in. So I'm perfectly well staying in the house. See, this is, this is when we get in the right direction. Things start working for us. Fourth word that he gave. Perfection. 
Perfection takes a totally new mindset. By now, we'll be used to the Father correcting us, won't we? Perfection is a mindset to most that's a radical way of thinking. Well, I have an answer to that. It is radical. It is radical. How many times do people point out your imperfections? How many times do people point out what you're doing wrong? Even when you're doing right. serve a holy God. We serve a holy God. What does it take to be perfect? Well, I've learned something from my wife about this. I've, I've never been an instructional instruction reader. Pretty mechanical individual. Have a bad habit of just opening the box and start putting it together. Somewhere along the line, is, you know, got parts left over. My wife says, Give me the instructions. Well, look here, you left this whole part out. It's the most remarkable thing when you read the instructions. When you read the instructions, you put it together right, don't you? I wasn't very good at it. Either I wasn't very good at it or they were not good at it. Maybe a little. But see, I learned something from counseling all those people because they would come in and talk to me and all the problems they were having in the world was because they were doing certain things that didn't line up with the instructions. They were ending up with extra parts, pieces. And they would sit they would sit and look at me and I'd say, but you got to do what the book says, do you? Hmm. Had a man come to me one time that he and his wife were considering divorce. He said, he told me, he said, I love my wife. She loves me, but we're going to get a divorce. So, he sat down and came to my office. And he looked at me and he said, Now look, I really appreciate your time. And he said, I really want this to work out. And he said, Don't give me anything out of the Bible. I got up out of my chair. I shook his hand. Been nice to meet you. You're taking all my tools away from me. See you. Was I wrong? No, I wasn't wrong. Gave me exactly what he came for. Advice. No, no. This is instruction. Now,
what God said. I set before you today a choice. I set before you a choice. A choice. That choice is before, before you tonight, it's before me tonight. It, it's going to be before me tomorrow morning and the day after, the day after, because it, it's an ongoing process. I have found out something about these prophetic words that come. They fold together. It's not like this is a prophetic word and on, on January the 1st, that one goes away and we got a new one to replace it. No, that one that, that, one that was given in 2022 is really, it's a, it is sort of the catalyst to take us to 2023 so we can get what God now wants to say to add to that because God's a God of increase. So they just keep moving. So I can't forget what he said. It's remarkable. I was looking through something several months ago, and I found a word that a young man, I had no idea who he was. One Sunday morning, he was sitting in the back of our sanctuary. When it was over with, he came up to me. He said, he was apologizing. He said, sorry. He said, I've got a word for you. I said, great. Give it to me. It's a marvelous word. I still got it. I, I got it here in my Bible right now. I carry it around with me because that word has folded over into other words and other words and, 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 and to the word and it's moving along. So when you start hearing a prophetic word from a prophetic man of God, don't read, don't think it. There's an ending to it. He said before us today, and he says, choose life. Choose the blessing. I want to leave four things with you tonight. I'm not going to keep you here, but just a few minutes more. Remember this. There are no mistakes in the Word of God. None. There are none. Now, there might be some translation issues that you have to deal with and things. But I'm telling you what, if you find, if you get it all straight, that there are no mistakes here. <clears throat> you and I can bet our lives on this book. We can bet our lives on it. Well, that's the first thing. The second thing I'd like to tell you, the Holy Spirit doesn't make any mistakes. It's amazing how many times that we're told in, in, the, in the New Testament to be led by the Spirit, follow the Spirit, be full of the Spirit. He makes no mistakes. If I will follow the Holy Spirit, I want you to understand, I will be the most successful individual that you have ever seen. And so will you. And so will you. Get filled up with him. Get led by him. Get touched by him. Get spoken to by him. I'm telling you what. 
This life, this is what we call the Christian life. It is absolutely one of the most exciting things I've ever experienced. It's the most exciting thing. It's the most exciting. I absolutely, recently I, there's a, a man I know, he quit on, he just quit on God. Been, 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 in, been a Christian for 30 years, just decided he didn't want to do it anymore. He, said, he says he's still saved and everything, but he doesn't go to church. He said, I'll never go to church again. I don't want to be involved in that kind of activity. I just, I want to do my own thing. He just quit. Thanks. I don't understand that. I do not understand. This is an exciting life. I mean, everybody likes to have excitement in their lives, don't they? Everybody does. Why do you think people go to an amusement park? Because they like excitement. I've never been to an amusement park, an amusement park that has this kind of excitement. I mean, you know, God telling me that the sweetness of this coming year and the changes are going to be going on. And I know when he speaks to me about changes, it's always for the better. You, you wouldn't want to know me 53 years ago. I'm not the loving person I am now back then. I was a rather ugly person with strange ideals and strange habits. It's exciting. The third thing, the Father has high expectations for us. High expectations. You know, God, through you, through you, He wants to do miracles. Do miracles. You know, the persuasion that I walk in, you know, you know, there's, there's a few people that's doing certain things and miracles are happening. God wants that, that, that lifestyle for all of us. Several years ago, I was reading through Deuteronomy, came to chapter 28. I, I, you know, most marvelous statements made in there. That everything you put your hand to prospers. What do you think about that? Not me. Not just me. Not just me. Oh, I've been highly prosperous. Very successful in the mission. The guy asked me several years ago, actually he owned the company that I worked for at the time, he called me in and he said, you know, I understand that you've done quite well financially. I really like it. He said, well, I want to know. He said, I understand you've really got this knowledge, investment knowledge. I looked at him and I said, when it comes to investment knowledge, I am not very smart. He said, so how do you know? I said, simple, tithing and giving. That's it. That's it. I've tithed ever since I've known how to do it. And every time God tells me to give, I give. That's how I'm prosperous. I broke his heart. <laughs> 
Abro, quizá. You know, I should have told, what I really should have done, I said, look, I sell this program for $59.95. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I missed it. You know, I missed it. But, but it's the truth. When we, when we, did, when we, when we're, we're leading, being led by the Spirit, we're, when we're on track, on the direction God gives us, everything put our hands in prospers. Everything God has told me to do has prospered. Everything I thought of to do has failed. You know, I should have learned this early on. About 52 years ago, a guy came to me and he said, have you got that extra thousand dollars? Now back then, I had just started in this and money was a little thin for me. I said, yeah, I've got a thousand dollars. He said, let me take that thousand dollars and invested in frozen pork bellies. And you'll make $10,000. Would you do that? My wife said, you're going to do what? I said, we're going to buy, buy frozen pork bellies. I was fortunate. Oh, and lost six hundred dollars. Never had probably one of my lives, and one. And the last thing, our choice and our commitment determines our level of success. Our choice and our commitment determines our level of success. You, you can improve every day. You should be improving every day. You should be getting better every day. You should become more proficient every day. Do you know that I am absolutely convinced that all the leaders of every church should be Christians? They should be Christians. Christians. You've got the mind of Christ. We can think like God. He wants us to. He wants us to. It's all that choice. Now, you leave here tonight. You've got a choice tonight. You may say, that guy don't know what he's talking about. That doesn't offend me, but it doesn't change anything going on in my life. Because tomorrow I'm going to just continue to be successful. I'm going to continue to be victorious. Let me tell you something God spoke to me two years ago. He said about this choice and commitment. He said, you choose to get even more radical about this, more involved about this. And he said, you will never experience defeat ever again. Now, some people may say, where is that in the Word? 
Jesus said this. In the world, you'll have tribulation. But don't worry, I've overcome the world. Did he say that? Yeah. You know, I found out about something about tribulation. You just walk off and leave sand there. Just leave sand there. Your choice. Your choice. Your choice. 